Oravan Pesa, the Squirrel's Nest Podcast. A gatherer of voices, a place to incubate and disseminate critical ideas. If the heartbeat stops, then that's it. So that means that there is no life if there isn't rhythm. And then once you write, if there isn't a pulse. But it will be exploration, maybe a little bit of storm. <laughs> of course, you're looking at like 20 online faces moving in their homes. And how can you be friend with someone? <laughs> like if there is no chance to... Isn't it ironic that you have to get out of your country to then study? That lovelessness is more common than love. That many of us are not sure what we mean when yeah, we talk of love or how to express that you love. When you're actually documenting something, Sharing even if it's just for yourself. Search for his identity. They need time to trust you. They, they need to validate the fact that you're being honest with them. I deal with love that from they can rely on. I stand in love. I don't fall in love. Oh, A broken femur that has healed is evidence that someone has taken time to stay with the one who fell, has bound up the wound, has carried the person. What do you do when the culture is difficult to break into? It's difficult to embrace. What happens? Kind then? of common that you have this sense of life, just some part of you will stay here. Mm. These are conversations around contemporary issues and the ways knowledge and practice intertwine with puzzling everyday dilemmas. We want to deeply listen to insights of people, be they art, design, or science practitioners, and their unique ways of searching for answers. Our dialogues happen in Alt University inside Ariel Bustamante's sound sculpture, The Conversation Room, and they follow through with the core idea of his artwork, to ask, why do we do the things we do? The second season of The Squirrel's Nest features podcast episodes developed by master students across Alto. It was organized by Maria Villa in UAS with the support of Camilo Sanchez from Media Lab when a group came together in 2022 to develop Bustamante's question in new directions. Welcome to our episode on diaries. We are your hosts for this episode, Marius. And my name is Jana. I'm actually not sure how we should best introduce our topic. Yes, um, to be honest, we had such a great conversation with Laura and Jasmine that we forgot to introduce them at the beginning of our recording. That's true, actually. For those of you who don't know them, Laura and Jasmine are studying with me here at Alto and are really good friends of mine. But perhaps for our listeners, let's give them a brief overview of our topic as well. Okay, uh, maybe some of you have read our episode's description and are familiar with it, but maybe you could explain it. I believe you were the first to suggest the topic <laughs> though, weren't you? Yes, yes, maybe I was. So um, a year ago, I actually finished writing my thesis on um, time-lapse techniques in artworks and long-term observation in general. So including diaries uh, in non-traditional forms. So to this day, I have continued recording my life and studying how other people record their lives. I remember reading your topic suggestion and I felt immediately drawn to it. Um, for me, I just had many ideas come up when I read the description of diaries and I started thinking about all of the different ways we record our daily lives. So not just writing in a journal, but uh, social media, our search histories and uh, even the photos that we take every day. Come to think of it, I cannot even count the number of photos I've taken of my morning coffee, mm -hmm. even today. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. I think we 
all have some recordings uh, that we do on the daily, uh, even though we don't write like the traditional journal entry. So in the conversations we had with Laura and Jasmine, we explored these non-traditional mediums. And as well as we uh, talked about how we feel, um, the, why we feel the need of recording our lives, why we choose a certain method, uh, with whom we share our recordings and also what happens to them after our lives. Maybe now is then the right time to just jump into our recording of our conversation uh, before we begin a whole nother one right here on this topic. <laughs> yeah, so good idea. Uh, let's hear from Laura talking about a trip that she had planned when she joined us. So uh, I booked a trip last week. It was it was raining outside and hailing and uh, snowing, whatever. And I was sitting at the office and I was like, hmm, well, I want some warmth and sun. So I booked a trip to Croatia. So I'm leaving tomorrow morning. And um, uh, yeah, I just needed some time for myself. So uh, I do plan on documenting this trip in the form of a digital diary. So I'll take some photos. And after this, I'm going to buy one of those disposable cameras so that is my plan um so what does the digital <laughs> journal look like are you uh, are you using any specific software to kind of journal or mm. what are you planning on capturing in it yeah i have uh i don't plan on taking like too many photos that's why i want to take the the disposable camera because iPhone photos like you know, it's so easy to take so many photos and videos and then they just you know it, it, it's not uh, it's not very valuable anymore when there's so many of them so that's why I like the like film side better um, and then I have like a paper journal and some pens and I draw and write in there so yeah so what's the digital aspect of it if you're writing on paper? Well, that's not the digital aspect. <laughs> that's the other side. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then I'll make like a photo album out of them mm -hmm. and maybe share them to Instagram. So, okay. so analog, analog photos as well then. Mm -hmm. So it's not digital at all. Well, it's also digital. I, I feel like this didn't go, could go off to a good start now. <laughs> I'm being grilled. <laughs> It's nice if it's not digital, right? Yeah. So how do you share it in the end? Sure. The like you said, you're gonna put it on Instagram, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will at least the the film photos once I get those developed. Uh, those I'll probably share to to Instagram them, but they they do take some time. But I think one reason why it's so easy to take the iPhone photos and iPhone videos and and all that, but I I've been more recently gravitating towards like well non-digital formats like the the film photography and then uh then the just regular journaling drawing uh i even have these little like watercolor paints that i sometimes take along so just documenting like through that way um and it's somehow more meaningful and there's because there's not so much and you take more time and more money even for the film photos for the for that one thing they have more meaning to me i guess so so what's the meaning that you're getting out of it Oh, oh, don't grill. No, I understand. I, I know Marius. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> um... Well, I guess that there's less of them to, and it's more, it's less overwhelming to look back at something if there's just less of it and it's more, you've spent more time on it. So it has more meaning through that. Mm. So. And you plan sort of what you want to capture and not like taking 10 pictures of one thing and then it's like, okay, I don't even know why I sort of mm. 
doesn't bring any extra value but when you sort of plan like ahead like oh I really want to like capture this moment and then you have like the one picture to take then it's maybe yeah maybe it's a good question of um, when do you, how do you decide what to actually document or mm. or is it uh, and is it about the documentation itself or is it sort of about that aspect of being is there something else to it for you mm, uh, well one one aspect is I've been trying to be more present and I think the fact that you can take so many photos and you can do so much digitally kind of takes away from that and uh, one thing I do like about actually journaling physically or taking film photos is you have less control over it because you take that one photo you can't go back and, <laughs> and change it again or you can't even look at it after, until much much later and then once you write on a paper once you draw something you, you can't really erase it <laughs> so I, there's something about that as well also there is this aspect of uh, a coincidence in it because mm. sometimes the photo didn't don't um, uh, doesn't end up like you expected <laughs> so it's kind of nice as well because yeah when you take a photo and iPhone you just scroll it and then just sort it delete some of those right? mm. Which you don't like. Yeah. Yeah, this I know a lot of photographers don't really like the aspect actually of being able to view your picture immediately after because it kind of takes you out of the taking pictures actually yeah. into like you take a picture and then you immediately review it and then mm. try to improve it on it somehow, but then you end up taking 100 pictures and you actually don't like any of them maybe. Mm. Yeah. Because you're never satisfied because you're always thinking of, oh, I can take another one, another one. Yeah. Yeah. Something interesting I've also been thinking about is like um, when people go on trips, like it's so central to document it somehow because it's unique and new for you. But then in daily life, like if I have some friends on Instagram, for example, they only share things from their trips and nothing from their daily life, which is quite funny. Like you don't see the, I guess you don't see the novelty in your daily life. But then there's that kind of pressure when you go on a trip to, oh, I need to, I need to tell people what I'm doing. But I think that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I had such an interesting experience actually on my last trip because I deleted Instagram. <laughs> you probably heard this already. <laughs> um, and before I was always like, okay, first thing you do when you go on a trip and you just like take a picture and you post it on Instagram so that everyone like knows where you are and like, but now that I don't have it and I was like, okay, how is this going to affect my trip? Like, am I gonna document it in a different way because I'm like documenting it only for myself and like not with the idea that I want to share it to someone else and mm. but interesting way yeah, of putting it, yeah but to be honest it's like <laughs> I was definitely like taking pictures but then it, it is like a different mindset if you think about like only taking them for your own sake and not like share not for the sake of sharing it mm. with someone else and you don't sort of think about your audience um Did you take then different kinds of photos or? I guess no, but maybe I took like less photos of like, mm -hmm. not so many photos of like not important things. Like maybe like I was sort of like thinking like, okay, this is what I really want to capture and like for myself, I don't know, maybe. So do you think that social media sort of 
almost pressures you into um, like documenting your life in a certain way I I'm not sure I mean I guess it pressures you in a way but also like it is fun I'm not saying it's like not fun sharing with your friends like I don't know I don't have like even before I just had like friends following me it's not like I'm sharing the whole world but like it's um Yeah, it, it does have like it is fun also to share, right? So mm. just thinking yeah. like who do you sort of have in mind when you sort of document your mm. travels? That's a good thing to think about mm. always. Like who am I doing this for myself mm. or am I doing this for others? Mm. So that's a good reminder. Mm. Always, so have you ever written any like if we're going a bit away from the topic of social media have you ever written like more traditional like journals or some other like documentation maybe before social media or even now like for myself yes yeah I mean I, I used to like write like diaries when I was younger and then just for myself mm -hmm. <laughs> didn't share them and like um, I guess when I was uh, studying abroad I was writing a lot like about like new things and my thoughts but now lately I haven't done that in a while actually at all <laughs> what do you think I think like when I was uh, younger it was like everything was more interesting <laughs> sort of like <laughs> all the new experiences <laughs> and all of these new feelings and you're like oh I wonder like somehow I like want to make sense of them and now it's just Uh, this sounds awful but it's like okay <laughs> it's, it's more flat it's like okay this are yeah I'm not like maybe so excited about those experiences anymore so, sometimes I wonder if it's like a matter of perspective a little bit as well mm. on whether like on a trip it's very easy to actually want to look out for those sort of special moments I suppose and then wanting to capture them somehow whether mm. um, I guess photography is like the most natural option but mm. um, maybe for some people it's actually journaling yeah. um, and then I, I think I fall into the camp of people who uh, mostly take pictures when they're actually on a trip And then even though wherever I'm living, it can be super beautiful and there's many things happening in my life, I end up just not documenting any of it because I, I suppose it feels very mundane, even though I could probably be looking out for things that are special uh, to me and mm -hmm. maybe also what others might consider special. So I wonder if it's just about our own perspective on uh, how we view our surroundings, maybe. That's true, yeah. I've, I've always uh, thought it's quite interesting because I have on my Instagram, like I grew up in the US, so I have my friends from there and my friends from Finland and they're vastly different. And they, like my Finnish friends don't know any, anything about my life in the US really, unless I, you know, tell them, but concretely not much and then vice versa as well. So when I moved here first, I I shared a lot about daily life and some of my Finnish like on on Instagram that is and and my friends were like why, why are you sharing that that's so normal and boring but to me it was super interesting well I had been to Finland before of course and it, it was like a little more interesting because I was now living here but I thought it would be cool to show like my American friends like what it's like but then that has slowly faded away and now it's gone kind of the opposite that now um, when I go back then I share with my Finnish friends in mind like oh this would be cool for mm -hmm. them But of course, yeah, it's quite interesting how the the kind of audience you have in mind when you have when you are on social media, it's it 
causes some kind of sway in what you share. Well, whereas if you have like a physical diary, then it's or any kind of other like non-social media format, then you have you do it more for yourself. Maybe it also has to do with where we feel like we belong almost, like with which group we belong. So uh, if at the beginning when you're in a new place and you're sharing with your friends at home, you are still sort of belonging more to that group as well. So everything feels new to them, new to you. So you're you're both capturing it for yourself, but also for them perhaps. But then at some point you transition over to the people who are, who, who you get to know there, who are like mm. native to that region, I suppose, in some way. So then suddenly those things become really mundane to you and you no longer as much part of the group that lives somewhere else who still believe what you're experiencing is very uh, interesting. Mm. I think your business psychologist, I just sort of, I need to have a long think after this. <laughs> but yeah, that makes makes sense. But I, I had the same experience, like when I was living in, in Germany, I was like, every summer I used to come to Finland, I'd be like, oh, like, wow, I never appreciated this before, like, of this beautiful nature and everything. And then I'd be like, taking pictures of that. And then... Uh, basically like with my sort of German friends in mind like okay I really want want to share this like my home country with them and then now that I'm here I'm like this is just like everyday <laughs> life and then it's like not so interesting anymore but mm. yeah to share at least I mean it's, it's of course like I can still appreciate it like with my everyday life but you sort of have a different um, perspective yeah you it. don't have to document it, it anymore mm. Mm. This is interesting that we just document something that's special for us or unusual. And mm. then when it's it gets normal, we just like drop it and we just maybe enjoy it by ourselves and not mm. really. We don't have this um, a feeling that we have to share it with someone because maybe it's better yeah. <laughs> in the end. Yeah. There's something to keep in mind about that, <clears throat> like the enjoyment of documenting that I think social media has been really detrimental to that like to documenting because it there there is this sign like pressure that has come upon many people and quite quite easily that you get that pressure of oh I need to share it because every you feel like everybody's doing it and of course we can go on and on about the negative effects of social media but one one thing is that pressure and I I see that <clears throat> pressure has translated also to other forms of diet is documenting like I feel for some reason even though there's no reason to have pressure to write what I did today in a journal there is still some that oh like I should do that that's translated from social media and that's so unfortunate because it can be such a good therapeutic way to like end a day but if you feel like you need to do it then it becomes a task another one <laughs> so do you think there's a way out of that almost? Or <laughs> I think um, she's better to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, because Jasmine, what, what, what do you think? Is it deleting social media? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be like the wise person with all this because I'm, I'm thinking of joining. Tell us, how is it? Yeah, <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. I mean, how does Ruth look Yeah, like? I mean, I definitely think like you, you sort of like have a relief from all of this pressure because now like I can take I don't think about sharing so I don't maybe have this pressure like okay yeah it's not even in the back of my mind I can just like 
document whatever I want um, and like it doesn't yeah but um, yeah there there is like I said there is like this fun part about sharing as well so it's maybe hard to balance like and do you still use social media as a, just as a viewer no 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 but I'm thinking of coming back <laughs> what's making you want to go back uh, the fun or because I, I want to like know what everyone else is also doing because there is oh, this fun part of like sharing and now I feel my if I friends that I didn't see in a while they don't even tell me about um, if we're in a group they might not even tell me about these trips that they went or or whatever because they're like Uh, you all the other friends already know from social media what they were up to so it's not even worth talking about them anymore it's um so it's it's nice to know what you're also what everyone else is doing and kind of stalking them a little bit yeah, but in a positive way <laughs> yeah i know yeah, in a, it has a positive aspect to it as well for sure mm. it's an easy way to maintain connections with people exactly. who you don't talk to like exactly. weekly monthly yearly even mm. so mm. and sometimes it's it's fun to get messages from from if you share something that someone connects to it's mm. fun if they just send a random message they haven't talked to them in years like oh that's so cool that you're doing that like how mm. are you it's it's a very low threshold way to get in contact with someone if you like reply to something they're up to or mm. give them some i don't know advice or mm. travel tips or anything yeah. like yeah i i think what makes social media so challenging perhaps is that on, on one hand it's this tool where you document your own life and you get a certain enjoyment out of that but then on the other hand it's also a communication tool with others yeah. so it, it uh, bursts the line between the two where There it becomes none, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where, where it becomes really difficult to even know what value you're getting out of it and or like when do you share these things in real life as well uh, with others yeah I had a similar or an experience with that. I did something kind of different. Like I um, usually post things uh, quite. Now I've been good about it. And well, even the saying that that sounds bad, but but like I used to post things very late, like months and months after they happened, um, and people were very confused on on wait you're on a trip now and and uh, what what are you doing there and like no this this was months ago i'm just now like creating something meaningful out of it for myself like created like a, a short video or some like collage of photos or something but people were confused because it's not happening right now mm. so that was quite interesting it's like you're tricking them yeah i know <laughs> they, people felt like they were being tricked but it was just me like documenting or creating like a kind of a digital diary of mm. what I did like a couple months ago so but people some people were like making fun of me for it and I found that kind of interesting that it was mm. my form of making meaning out of something I've done and then other people being confused it was a weird place to be <laughs> Actually, I also thought, like, now we're back in the social media discussion, but, like, do, do you even write anymore as much, or do, it's so much mm. easier just to take photos, and I think I used to write more, but actually maybe one reason is because now you just, you go on travels, and then you just take pictures, but actually now I noticed that on my last travel, I did write some, like, diary notes, because I thought I can capture the feelings mm. in a way, and what happened that photos can't capture do you write <laughs> yeah. i'm still kind of old school so i write a lot um 
I have a diary like for every single day, just one sentence, for example, or something oh. nice I saw. Uh, but um, yeah, it's the, when I compare it with the amount of photos I have or videos of anything, then it's not like the same. Yeah, I write it just, just a sentence a day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, actually, I forgot about it. So then I have to look back <laughs> the past 10 days, for example, and just remember what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And the way how to remember it is that I actually open my fo- uh, open my phone and then just look at it photos. Ah, okay, I was in a park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's write it mm-hmm. down. But do you make but, a point to write something every day or do, is it okay if you like skip a day? Or? Um, yeah, time to time I skip a day, but uh, I'm... If there is still some way how to remind my, me what I was doing, then I rather write it hmm. because then I also have a like retrospective to it. Uh, actually, I think I I'm more um, I'm more looking to the notes I have than the photos actually hmm. than in the future. I think something that this reminds me of a little bit is well, it goes back to photos a little bit, but um, there's. There are these apps that are like one-second video. Oh, I've seen that those, are yeah. um, mm-hmm. meant to sort of condense your day every day of the year into like a one-second video. So um, you basically have to go through your videos or photos of the day and then actually choose what is that one second of your day that um, was meaningful to you and then at the end of the year if you've done that every day so the app reminds you of course every day mm. to do it um, I don't you know kind how of, I feel about that well, <laughs> you, you see you see a um, well you can look back at the year that you just experienced and I wonder if maybe um, it, it, you can do this, the same thing with one sentence a day perhaps as well mm. and then look back at oh what is the story that you sort of wrote at the end of the year that could oh, be quite interesting yeah. I mean this reminds me of like Spotify wrapped and mm-hmm. uh, these like Snapchat year like your year like these kind of compilations of uh, digital things that you have experienced throughout the year and people love them Let's quickly cut in here. Uh, I think the next snippet of conversation is really interesting um, because so much of our nostalgia is already controlled through society. But how many of our memories are really shaped by the services uh, we use? Uh, Yes, um, there is certainly a widely different reaction to the tracking that happens related to these nuggets of uh, digital nostalgia. Somehow, these services analyze everything we do and reserve the moments in our lives that they think matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Take Spotify Rap, for example. All our listening habits are scanned continuously all year long to essentially create a biomarketing product for Spotify. Yet, there's something in there that delights us and makes everyone participate, including me. (laughs) Including me. Um, There is articles announcing the availability of this year's Wrapped with almost a sight of relief after a long wait. So I heard that some people even choose to use Spotify just because of this feature. The power of having some record of our lives is really on full display there and I'm definitely guilty of enjoying these features way too much. Even on my phone's home screen there's a widget just showing me photos, highlights of days past. (laughs) But this is nice actually. Uh, Anyway, let's jump right back in the conversation before we go too much deeper. But how often do you actually like go back to your notes or your photos and like look what you've been up to? 
when I'm feeling nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> very, quite rarely, honestly. <laughs> I think a lot of apps realize that you don't naturally do that, perhaps. So they build in features that actually make you go back. So there, I think mm. like Apple Photos and probably Google Photos, whatnot. They, Facebook does it. Facebook does <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, they, they have like widgets where you then, where it shows you like, oh, this is a moment that happened yeah. like exactly a year ago. And then it shows you like a small album of um, your day a year ago or, oh, remember Christmas uh, <laughs> 2013 or I don't know that's probably how most of us um, actually look back at our past by seeing what algorithms say, think our past actually look like mm -hmm. um, so um, in a way companies might control to an extent of how we perceive our own past maybe through oh the, wow yes that's so <laughs> interestingly put but one question that came to mind is do you think that um, because of these like social media formats, like people, I've noticed. Well, if everybody knows that people rarely share the negative moments, uh, but then in a diary, I've noticed that I mainly share the negative moments, or I I vent something that's bothering me, and then because I write it down on paper, I don't need to hold it in my head anymore. Mm -hmm. But then when companies do do this, like when they go back on the year, does it paint too good of a picture, or do you, I don't know? Is there value like with the negative and the positive I don't really know how to phrase this but well, yeah. actually. I, I don't think I've ever seen like a photo that tell me like oh a year ago look at all the <laughs> shitty moments that <laughs> you fell in the mud <laughs> how far you've come from that. Yeah. but actually Spotify uh, doesn't know if uh, the song they play you um, if it was like something you have connected with some pleasant moment or the opposite so yes, yeah. unless it's some breakup music or yeah. something sad. <laughs> but, but, but still, maybe just really like yeah. sad music. Yeah. Oh, why else do you listen yeah, to sad music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't know it. Uh, yeah, and I think even though I time to time I write even um, some not really nice memories in my diary, then I think I don't look at it back because I just don't want to remind myself the the time. So I have it somewhere. You want to release it like, somehow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And then I don't have to see it again. <laughs> but I, I do sometimes, like, if I'm really busy, then I, like, don't go back. But then if I have, like, this retrospective moments mm -hmm. where I'm, like, okay, having, like, a break time in my life or figuring out the next step, then I do, like, go back to my photos and my writings. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, like, well, I have come far from here. Or, like, oh, this was, like, really nice moments in my life. And, like, I want more of this. Or, I, uh, like, I do go back in that sense. And, uh, yeah. Do you go back more to, like, your digital diary in uh, quotation yes. marks yes, <laughs> um, or more to the physical that actually if you let's say maybe you have um, physical photo albums or diaries definitely Whoa. more to the digital and that's why I'm also now trying to like do more of the write, like write also on digital like use like notes app or something else to have it digitally so that if I want to go back then it's easily accessible because if I have some notebooks then I never go back to them mm. or like once in 10 years or something mm. 
I think even for those people who prefer writing physically, there's no many solutions to actually enable you to still store it somewhere digitally because, of course, companies know that um, that's sort of digital's appeal, that things can be stored in the cloud and it feels like you have these things forever no matter what happens. Mm. Um, so there's like pens that re record what you're writing while you're writing yeah. it on paper or you there's... Uh, apps or scanners for you that recognize handwritten text and then convert it into an editable uh, word file or um, mm -hmm. yeah, many yeah. solutions like that. Yeah, but then it loses the meaning as well. We, we were talking about it before that there is no, there is not your handwriting. Mm. You can't see um, the notebook, how it looks like. It's not so personal yeah. necessarily. Yeah. But my problem with going back with the physical note, I can't read my own handwriting often. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it's nice knowing that on the 6th of January I wrote something, but if I can't really make, make out what it is, then I, it, for me it's more about the process of doing it, um, like writing physically. Yeah. Um, to get in a better mental space or to work something out rather than it actually being a diary of sorts. Like if, if I say that, oh, this notebook I have here in my backpack is a diary, then I feel like I have this unnecessary pressure to do it often because then I, f I feel like I have not succeeded <laughs> if I don't do it like every day. But whenever I feel like I need to need to write, then I use it as a tool to help me like live my mm -hmm. daily life so I don't know if that counts I mean it is a diary still but it's a little different use mm -hmm. also related to that I'm actually like a little bit neurotic about someone finding my diaries oh, like yeah. my <laughs> physical diaries I'm like especially if I have if I want to work something out in my mind and I like really negative thoughts or something then I'm like I really want to write this digitally so that I can just um uh, it's behind the password, whatever, so it's not somewhere <laughs> in my cupboard who's someone's gonna find it. Yeah. yeah. Did you as a kid have those like uh, where you needed to tell them like a secret code no. and then it opened? <laughs> no, no, but I had one with like a locker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you keep it actually? Those uh, from young age? I have a couple of those, but yeah, then maybe. these are like so. I was like props, <laughs> so so like uh, tiny back then, or like it wasn't like dark thoughts that I'm having. Now. <laughs> like if someone found those diaries, like whatever. Yeah. But like I've changed. Yeah. <laughs> Jasmine as a six-year-old writing, yeah, <laughs> for elementary school handwriting exactly, in her yeah, diaries, exactly. the darkest. Those are so <laughs> cute. It was yeah, it was something like oh, I want to have a dog and it's gonna be I'm gonna name it this and that so yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not so serious though. but one thing I wanted to ask you because I this is I mean diaries and digital sides the digital like formats have I've been thinking about them a lot lately also and this got me thinking even more when you told the the topic here but what what do you think is it do do we as people write diaries to like f try to find meaning in life or well like what's the core purpose that people feel compelled to do this because people have been doing it for for years and years and like hundreds of years so I don't know what's the core is it to just document like what where's the, where does that need come from I still don't have the answer actually mm. I, I'm doing it all life but in a in many forms but I don't I don't think I have the answer maybe one of the meaning for me is that there is something that stays here even though uh, I will not be here anymore mm. something that 
people can relate with me and people can actually see in the end but uh, now I don't share anything almost anything so it's actually pretty weird that I'm doing it maybe uh, for the reason that someone will see it in the future but now I'm not <laughs> up to <laughs> show it <laughs> so yeah I think Jana last time we talked discussed sort of a similar topic yeah. and uh, how wait who who was the was it a philosopher poet or um oh, Franz Kafka oh yeah Kafka okay. um, <laughs> oh Kafka I think we didn't give him justice with our explanation uh, in our conversation so uh, let's just do it again here Yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe I can give a brief overview on who Kafka was and what happened to his works. I'm all ears. <laughs> yeah. So Franz Kafka, as you may know, was a German-speaking Czech writer who lived at the brink of the 19th and uh, 20th century. His literary work contains short stories, a uh, number of fragments, three in his opinion unfinished novels, and even the diaries and personal correspondence. So before his death, he burned most of his written word and asked his friend Max Brod uh, to destroy the rest of his works. Anyway, uh, Brod published them instead, and those books are considered as a reason of Kafka's fame. So we could thank him. But on the other hand, it wasn't exactly a friendly gesture. Hmm. He's sending a middle finger yeah. from heaven. <laughs> this would be Jasmine's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, actually, I, that's very interesting. I thought about it because I recent I just read on the newspaper like there was some uh, new work about published about Wittgenstein, like this philosopher and mm -hmm. like his diaries or something else, and that's. It's how valuable it is to know how he was thinking. But then I read some of it and it was like really personal stuff that he was writing as well. Like that's that's a tricky question because mm -hmm. are we allowed, is someone else allowed to share your work after your death? But then you're not going to be there to judge it. And then mm -hmm. if it is really it brings value to the people who mm -hmm. stay there, then... For example, when my grandfather passed away, my grandmother burned all his written word, all his letters uh, in the garden. Oh. She just, she just <laughs> made a fire like and burned <laughs> everything that he had in his uh, uh, shelf or somewhere. And uh, I was really small, so I, I don't remember that. But my sister uh, was there and she was kind of sad that everything's like... Mm, We're gonna disappear mm. and they can't read it so she was asking my grandmother why she's doing it actually and my grandmother answered that like if he didn't want me to see it when he was alive then I'm not uh, mm. it's not appropriate to see it actually so he and no one else can see it so yeah. she burned it out that's interesting so now Very I cool, now I appreciate yeah. it but when I was younger I was kind of sad that we can't see it yeah I mean this is a, a hot take but uh, because I mean in, in like human's natural form like we when we die we like the cycle continues like we mm -hmm. leave nothing behind like everything like goes so is it some form of like people's ego that they want something to remain like after they mm -hmm. die um, in the form of I don't know what they've done in their life or well I would say it is quite 
human to want to do that. And I think it also is why perhaps we have evolved to this stage and have mm. built civilizations because of this desire to actually um, build something that lasts uh, longer than us. Because if you think about it, if, if we, well, uh, sure, but if nothing is ever built to to last for generations to come and all knowledge is um, always burned and um, a lot of it might get lost over time and depending on what the ideology of the time is uh, things are always always lost but uh, if some of it is documented in a way that can somehow survive uh, the times then there's a better chance that we might learn something from it as well interesting well I guess I'm a failure of evolution then <laughs> because I don't want to like keep anything for when I die and I don't want children so I don't know I feel like if, if something's left like I want it to go with me like uh, that's just how I would it's interesting would feel. Mm -hmm. because I think it's kind of common that you have this sense of life just yeah just uh, it's some some part of you will stay here mm. in a yeah. form of children or in a form <laughs> of diary in my case <laughs> so yeah this is interesting mm. and actually i'm wondering if it uh, um if this idea will stay with you even if you get older yeah maybe one one reason You'll for see. for the for both the diary like i don't feel like and and for the for the children also is, is i don't i'm quite pessimist with the current state of the world like with climate change and everything so i don't think anyone will care about my diary or <laughs> my children wouldn't have a very good life like in 20 30 years so that's kind of what's in the back of my mind when I think of that, but sorry to take it to such a dark place <laughs> for another episode. <laughs> I remember having a conversation on this together the other day. Um, didn't we talk about what happens to our digital presence after we die? Yeah, I believe specifically it was about me stumbling across someone's profile online and then yeah. finding out they had actually passed away. It was quite strange because it was not immediately obvious. Yeah, so does that mean that I should also manage my social media, not just in present, but think about it after my life? Think about how strange it would be for all these social media networks to contain everyone and you not being able to tell who's really still active. Yeah, there's like something really scary about these digital graveyards. Many companies, not just Facebook, are now tackling the problem of what happens to somebody's profile should they pass away. One element is, of course, search logistics and mm -hmm. taking them out of the search results. So uh, what do the interactions with those profiles look like, actually? Uh, Facebook seems to believe it is helpful to have tribute pages where people can find a place of solace mm -hmm. and still uh, post about the people. But uh, then memorialization is, however, not supported on Twitter, for example, where mm -hmm. family members can request the account to be deactivated instead. Uh, yeah, family members. So it's mostly up to them what happens to the accounts. In essence, I would say yes. So usually family members, legal representatives or other authorized sure. individuals. It usually comes down to somebody else. So even if you take care of everything, like setting it all up, um, you will always do some control over what really happens with your records uh, once you're dead. <laughs> so, yeah, I better make sure that those people delete everything uh, and not pull a max prod on me. 
But uh, back to the like documenting, I think it's uh, it's really interesting what we find value in documenting for the future because it is so uncertain. Like, it, is it something that we write or take photos of that we will find value or happiness or some emotion later or comfort even? So, something to think about. I think there are definitely like these different motives for writing diaries or documenting so it could be like you said just like releasing and like making um, sense of your thoughts mm. and then just not going back to it but then on the other hand you could write for someone else or to just wish make just happen that there's something mm. left of you um Or maybe even write, capture it for yourself that you can go back to it yourself and then... Mm. And I think there's a lot of unintentional value that you create when yeah. you're actually documenting something, uh, even if it's just for yourself. Like we just spoke about this. Somebody might look at it someday and see value in it that you never intended um, mm. for it to possess. So then... Um, The, it's not just the question of motive but also about uh, what what you're actually creating while documenting yeah. and, uh, is it then like an art form like different people from a painting they get different meaning so someday someone might get different meaning from what you write perhaps so, yeah, that's yeah. true <laughs> I think because we all in interpret things that we see and um, try to find meaning in them as well so mm. it's it's only natural if we read something as well or look at the picture that you you posted on Facebook three years ago that <laughs> <laughs> I get um, some sort of meaning out of it, and uh, <laughs> or it like motivates you to oh, I want to go there or do that mm -hmm. or spend more time with this person. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Are there other forms than just writing or taking pictures or video? Yeah, we've talked about social media and mm -hmm. like physical diaries. We've photos. We've actually thought about it a bit as well when we. Uh, came up with this sort of broader topic of diaries and maybe different interpretations of modern interpretations like social media but then we spoke about Spotify for example how it does Spotify wrapped at the end of each uh, at the end of each year and um, I think many apps or many uh, yeah software represents um, a sort of diary as well in the sense that they all collect data and store it somewhere and um, a lot of it perhaps depends on your definition of diary if it, whether it's just an intentional process or also unintentional and like if you go on Google and you search something you can look up your search history right so in a sense it also shows what thoughts maybe went through your mind on a given day because you googled certain things uh, whether it was just an interest in something or maybe you had a question uh, that uh, was stuck in your mind and you found the answer to it or maybe it's your health app that records <laughs> your steps for the day, for the day and mm -hmm. it shows how much that you walk a lot and then if you look at all the accumulated data together you get a maybe a better sense of uh, what your life looked like on a given day mm. Mm. Yeah, I guess we're so like wrapped up in our, our daily lives and in, in the current moment and and doing what we need to do now then looking back at something like a more it's it's hard to for your mind to visualize like a longer span of time so maybe that's why people 
enjoy that. They they like seeing it, seeing their life from a different perspective. So, speaking of different perspectives, oh. one more thing that we thought about was also that other people that you're in contact with record your life as well. Like us talking to one another, each of us now um, has a memory of this conversation and of one another. And <laughs> <laughs> so in a sense, in a sense, there is a sort of um, diary there as well, like a collective social diary, perhaps. Yeah, we agreed that uh, we considered as a diary like many many things and <laughs> people yeah. so memories yeah yeah maybe they all serve different purposes and some are more intentional than others but I think um, if you look at it through the lens of documentation then I think there's so many different forms of it and maybe you find some more valuable than others but um, a lot of them um, last for quite a long time. I mean, now we're actually on a meta level recording, solving yes. <laughs> and documenting, and then. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think, um, Jasmine? What do you think? Of uh, do you see other uh, maybe diaries or um, mm. do you even consider those that I mentioned as uh, diaries? I mean, I think definitely sound documentation is something. Also, because I have a background in music and I used to do more music than I do now. Um, now, if I listen to my old songs, I can. It's it's definitely documentation of my. Uh, how my life was back then, and what what was what were inspirational things where I was getting my inspiration from back then. And I think art in general, if you do, is always in the moment. What was inspiring you, and what were your thoughts about? And like, especially because music is so close to my heart and really um, uh, um, awakens emotions in me. So. Uh, if I go back to those old songs, I can feel what I felt back then, and it's, yeah, it's really uh, well put. Yeah, it's a strong, strong sort of documentation, or that uh, evokes strong emotions. So, mm. yeah, music is another category of it. Mm. I'm also really sensitive about uh, music and sounds in general. So, yeah, when I hear something, I'm like, okay. This is my ringtone from mm. when I was, I don't know, 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Or if you had, so, like, if you were listening to some song with some person, then it's, mm. it really brings you back to those moments. Mm. At least me. I, yeah, or but I think it a lot of people. people. Yeah. <laughs> it ruins the song. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah there's, Even if it's just a song that was overplayed one summer, mm. you will always remember that summer whenever you hear mm. the song, mm. which is a very strange thing. But <laughs> Yeah. And the smells. It's yes. The same, like every yeah. sense. Yes. Mm. Mm, a lot of experience. A lot of diaries of different kinds. They bring a sense of nostalgia, like of course because it's it's previously. But I wonder why it's so. That's such a strong emotion for for people. Like I, I guess <laughs> like waves of it from many different places, and most of them are of a type of thing which can be considered a diary. So, yeah. There's a lot of like sensory memory, just mm. uh, like smells and mm. sounds, and <laughs> which can be so much stronger than than something 
I mean, it can be such a short, like, <coughs> three seconds of a song that instantly brings you back to that moment mm. and not, like, uh, doesn't have to be one page of text. So mm -hmm. it's a different... I think it's even more valuable mm -hmm. than yeah. the notes I'm taking. Mm -hmm. Because uh, it's not intentional. You know, time to time, you just uh, smell something and you're, okay, yeah, I remember this... Uh, mm moment in my life and that's a moment that you maybe didn't even um, document in your diary mm. so you would forget if you wouldn't mm. smell it again mm -hmm. <laughs> smell the memory mm. yeah, I think diaries have that sort of weakness that they they can never perfectly represent everything like the whole context of a memory or a mm. moment or mm. um, everything's always a little imperfect or it, yes. it always has a lens on it or if mm. you like write something I've noticed that I sometimes like oh I want to write about this later and then it takes a couple days and then I think about it very differently mm. after those couple days and then it kind of ruins a little bit of that nostalgia that I could potentially feel in the future because it's like already a memory at that point but how do you even distill like a moment into just a bit of writing <laughs> the life is imperfect <laughs> but that, that's actually the thing that if it is intentional then and has if you decide okay I want to document this or I want to write about this then it always has like your uh, chosen perspective on the matter yeah, it's not natural exactly so much, yeah. which can be a good thing also um Because your emotions are also subjective, so if you want to record those emotions exactly in a way that you want to record them in the moment, I don't know, mm. then hmm, it's different than just uh, some some other documentation. If someone else shoots a video of, of you and gives you like, okay, this is what we did on this day, or then it's sort of the not yeah. your own. <laughs> Does it stress you guys out that uh, the thought that everybody who you've ever met has a different version of you in their head <laughs> and you have no control over it whatsoever? Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. to think about it. Yeah. It started to stress me when I met Marius oh. and we started to talk about it. And, yeah. I was like, okay, I have many diaries around the around Europe at least. Oh. And I don't have a control over them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and perspectives change as well. Uh, hmm. Like, I might have a certain idea of you right now, but then in, in 20 years you will have changed and I have a different perception of who you are at that moment. And actually this kind of brings us back a little bit to the aspect, uh, I think earlier we spoke a bit about like, oh, looking at like old social media posts and such. Hmm. And um, we actually spoke about... Um, this before as in on social media you don't really see when um, a post originated in a way or like it's not always immediately obvious like, like the context is sort of lost mm. um, algorithms sort of surf you up content from last week and make it appear at the top of your feed and um If you don't look at a small date somewhere, you might think that it was just posted. Like like you said, sometimes you post things months later and people ask you, oh, are you traveling right now? Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, you really are not. Uh, so <laughs> um, I think that's 
also an interesting aspect to uh, to it. Yeah. Yeah, and then people can. I mean, adding on to this, like photo that people make of you in their head, like you with social media, you can influence it so much because you you have so much control, and because it is often when you post, it is intentional, and you you can create this this really like I know a lot of people who look like a different uh, look look like and seem like and act like a different person on social media than they do in real life, and it it affects how they see them how, how I see them in real life as well because I don't know it's not like they're lying to me or anything it's just how they decide to interpret their life on a digital diary but yeah it's it's hard to know like what what is actually then like the reality of a person maybe you can never know yeah <laughs> you don't have to know exactly yeah Mm-hmm. And and sort of how are you? Can we demand people to be completely honest online, or should we allow them the sort of space to be who they are and like express themselves how they want to, even if it wasn't completely honest? Yeah. <laughs> also, like I could say that I'm not completely me even now because mm. if I would be at home, I wouldn't wear jeans. Mm. It's so. There are like many aspects mm. when you. Uh, in which moment are you actually you? Mm. Because it's also you when you when you intentionally yeah. post mm. something on social well, media because it sort of represents your intention mm. as well, right? Mm. And your intention is still part of you as mm. well. Yeah, and also the jeans because it's part of my <laughs> character that <laughs> I don't go outside with my with something comfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, it's me all the time. <laughs> I guess the the problem is if like one has this pressure to appear in a certain way, and then it's generic, and everyone does the same thing, and then it's like, yeah. Even the most honest written diary is still only gonna <laughs> represent like a part of you, and it's still going to be influenced by outside mm. factors of mm. um, what you learned is appropriate to write about, mm. or or the or, fear that someone might see it. Exactly. Or, you know? Exactly. Yeah. There's so many factors that influence why you show only a certain facet of yourself and you can never show everything Uh, at once yeah and also the thoughts are faster than just notes you know Um, maybe I think USB about stick but here. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in the future. Uh, but yeah, when you are writing it, it just takes time. So maybe you change your mind in a few seconds and then write it down a bit differently or skip some part. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. also very like uh, because writing in itself is so like natural for many people. It does put you in a different mindset, mm-hmm. um, and then that affects how you maybe maybe interpret something that happened but then it's interesting to think like social media like when you write like a caption or, or decide some photos to post then you're in that mindset of I'm on my phone I'm on social media there's a certain anxiety fear of missing out all that so you're in a different mindset when you post versus when you write on paper so mm-hmm. that's something there is not the motion with it mm. no just click yeah <laughs> <laughs> so easy <laughs> Also, another thing I was thinking about is that actually when you are making a diary or 
uh, whatever just for you, uh, then there is not the option to comment it, actually. When you post something, you're expected um, just some likes or some comment on it. Hmm. It's also something really... Mm, for me, it's still weird, <laughs> kind of. Imagine judging your own self in your, <laughs> your <laughs> yeah. diary. I mean, I do, but <laughs> Imagine you made uh, uh, an entry to your diary and then just put it in the kitchen so everyone can comment <laughs> your previous week. <laughs> an interesting thought. Uh, I do, uh, like, I write poetry. Uh, and sometimes if I feel comfortable with someone and they also like poetry, I'll read it to them. And then not necessarily, like, ask for feedback back but just like ask for how like how they interpret it or mm -hmm. how they it feel but I guess I mean it is that's also a form of a diary like more mm -hmm. abstract one but it is intimidating like because you, you've maybe like I've written those in a mindset where I don't want to share them but then they turned out quite nice so then <laughs> I might want to share them but it's it's so intimidating versus posting like a photo mm -hmm. on uh, social media Like, I, it's scary <laughs> to share something so yeah well, I think that's vulnerable that's also how you sort of how the best or most touching art is made when you're really actually expressing expressing your real emotions and not thinking about like the audience too much and then if you actually publish it and then it's actually real emotions and it's it's yeah more touching than than something that was planned to be yeah oh mm. so all art should be created at first with the intention of never showing it to anybody <laughs> in art you can hide many things mm. especially when drawing painting mm. you you know what it is about but mm. the others uh feel something different And with poetry, it's kind of tricky <laughs> because you can find some glimpses uh, to to the feelings. It, it depends what kind of poetry it is, for example. Mm. I'm I'm sure you can also be very vulnerable in a in a photo that you take. So I think there's certain preconceptions as well of what a specific medium. Uh, and and entails like emotionally for you and um, sort of how you judge it as a um, I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say but, no, but I, 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 yeah. I understand like even a photo can like sort of can be tell a lot about you uh, what you choose to capture and yeah. Yeah. and I think maybe a different times it also depends on how society perceives um, yeah. like photography I think now it's very commoditized and mm. uh, it's maybe less seen as a, a vulnerable medium and more of I can post my uh, breakfast to my friends on Instagram mm, yeah. <laughs> sort of media while poetry still has that very um, intimate characteristic to it mm. 
feel like a lot of what we're, we've been getting at is like we don't have much control over ourselves, over our lives, over anything. And like that finding and like writing or documenting something helps us kind of uh, get a sense of control uh, because then we see like, oh, we've, we've done this. We've, you know, walked this much then. It's like, oh, that I like. I, and then we think like, oh, I like how I did those things. And then you feel like you have control or you had have had control over it, even though it, you really haven't had much. But it helps us know. make sense of what what we do and maybe why we do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, yeah, it plays with a lot of human instincts yeah. <laughs> and fears, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <stuff. laughs> um. <laughs> I think now we have so much to think about perhaps digest it but um, yeah, we can also end it here for now if yeah, part, part two something. when more ideas come to mind <laughs> <laughs> maybe we take a take a break and uh, maybe you have, you have time for another round some other other day would be nice yeah maybe we will have some new ideas yes we can pro- <laughs> give some time to process yeah. things and yeah. there's mm. going to be new thoughts yes, yeah. but you can write it down and oh. <laughs> <laughs> look at it back in I'll write a diary about this experience <laughs> <laughs> this was dumb no, I'm <laughs> kidding <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh this has been great it's <laughs> interesting now that you have to sort of go back and process mm. oh yeah this <laughs> and then you sort of Maybe, I don't know. It's interesting because now it's just in my mind what we said, but now you actually have the document of everything that was said. (laughs) Erase, erase. The podcast, just another type of diary. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. sure. Everything Mm. is, yeah. All all documenting is, I guess, it can be made into some diary or art form or something, but... This is very good, especially now that I'm leaving tomorrow and like often on trips, this documenting like comes to mind. It's this is good to think about, and and I'll definitely think about what we've talked about today and and uh, think more about the the reasons why why like documenting or diary or what brings most value to me. So. That was an interesting conversation, wasn't it? Yes, um, it was amazing how we somehow covered even Kafka in it. I think it's so interesting that a seemingly simple topic like diaries can be opened up so wide. And despite us maybe not all still writing in a journal every day, uh, we still engage in journal-like activities in our day-to-day lives. Yes, I'm sure our listeners have gained a new perspective on the topic. And I also hope that they will um, think of so, for example, when they post a story on Instagram. I know that I've definitely become more mindful of my habits now. Uh, the whole conversation about what happens to our data in the broader sense of the word uh, has kickstarted a whole new desire to control it for me. I, I think I really have to think about its whole lifespan now and uh, even in terms of uh, my data's legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are definitely many more things to think about now. And anyway, like after such a long conversation, we should probably let our listeners go too. You're right. Yeah, thank you for joining us on this episode. Don't forget to let us know what you thought of the episode or if you have gained some new thoughts from our conversation. <laughs> thank you and bye. Bye.
Squirrel's Nest's second season in 2022 is possible thanks to UWAS, the university-wide art studies. All our gratitude goes to Ariel Ustamante for welcoming this project into the conversation room and all the support he provided us along the way. Original concept and curatorial projects from Maria Villa. Technical and audio design support by Camilo Sanchez. Mastering by Pasi Pelconen at Aldo Studios. This project features research, sound design and original work from Aino Kostyainen, Aino Nina Sarikowski, Jana Surilova, Eta Maria Pilervi, Jana Puflerova, Ihai Kim, Marius Agustin and Vilis Suromskis. <laughs> <laughs>